Howdy and welcome to another episode of the Laptop Empires podcast where your host Mike and Bobby and today we're going to go ahead and continue our series on this kind of day in the life series. So last episode we talked about you know a day in the life of a full-time blogger and Bobby kind of gave some insight into what that's like, what the roles are, what you need to do. And today we're going to we're going to turn the table a little bit, talk about, you know, what it's like being an agency owner and all go through that. And then we're going to do another one on Thursday. So the next episode, we're going to have our buddy Chris Orzachowski to come in and talk about what is it like being a professional copywriter, you know, and crafting words that sell for other business owners. So that's the plan. We're going to get started. How you doing today, Bobby? Oh man, I'm feeling pretty good to be honest with you. This is a, last night was the first night that I slept well in a long time, which is mm. uh, totally unrelated to the episode, but I've had trouble sleeping. So if anybody has sleep recommendation tips, let me know. Um, but yeah, man, no, I, I've been good. I think uh, things are things are in a good place. We're in like a cool place with the business right now. And I don't know, we're in growth mode, but we're also in like trying to figure out how everything works together. So I think this this all, this episode fits in kind of perfectly. Yeah, yeah. Balancing, <laughs> yeah. All, the, balancing all the businesses that we have going on. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. And it, it's been interesting too, because like over the past year, you know, we we did the episode where you were asking me like, what do I do every day? And we got a year into this thing and you've kind of told me what you do like with the agency and you're, you're like, you tell me like, Hey, you know, I've got the team working on this or I need to jump into client accounts or I need to do this, but I don't really know what you do <laughs> like every day. You know exactly. what I mean? Like I didn't, how I felt interviewing you last episode about being a blogger. Yeah. So. It's so funny that we, we like work together for a year and we never really stopped to like talk about what our daily process looks like. So I guess we're doing it publicly now, but so yeah, I'm interested in, in how, your agency works. And I know when we first got together, I mean, like your agency was huge and it's still been just chugging along for yeah. you know, the whole time that we've been doing this thing, which is crazy to me. Cause I'm like, if I had as many clients as him, I don't know how I would get anything done. So oh, very carefully, <laughs> uh, I've definitely <laughs> shrunk it a little bit to make it a little bit more manageable. You know, I got rid of some clients that were either high maintenance or were doing something so totally custom compared to everything else that they were taking an inordinate amount of time compared to everybody else. But yeah, for the most part, it's still rolling. So before we dive into this and I'll just kind of let you ask some questions and things and kind of guide it, you know, the way I did for the last episode. But before we get into this, if you're interested in learning more about what I do, we actually have a course on this called the Facebook Side Hustle Course. And if you follow the simple step-by-step plan that we teach you inside of the Facebook Side Hustle Course, you'll learn how to make an extra one to $2,000 per month running Facebook ads for local businesses. And when we say one to $2,000 per month, we're talking about per client in only a couple hours a week. So it is a fantastic side hustle. It is actually our number one recommended side hustle. And you can find out all about it, checking out the Facebook side hustle course link in the show notes. So let's dive into it. What do you want to know? Where do you want to start? Well, 
I guess like for me, I wake up and I, I kind of have like my set routine of like things that I do. And mm-hmm. I'm assuming that yours probably involves some kind of client work of some kind. So can you tell me like you wake up, right? You got the kids, right? You're obviously, you're, you take uh, Cooper to school usually at like 8.30 a.m. Outside of us podcasting, because a lot of times we'll podcast at like 7 a.m. But what is like, what does your client work look like in the morning? What do you work well, on that? Well, I'm actually in a transition with that now. And so one of the biggest things for me and, and yeah, and I say transition in that as in like, we actually changed the process, uh, my account manager and I yesterday. And so, oh, wow. so one of the things that I'm, really trying to do is focus on my own stuff first, right? In my, because what happens is when you have a lot of clients and you focus on all of their needs or other people's needs, the things that you want to spend time on to grow your business, you do not end up having time for. And especially since I have a team that can really manage everything at the agency without me, I'm trying to, you know, put my focus on either building systems or building processes and things in the agency to help it grow or working on laptop empire stuff before I get to the agency stuff. And so, but what was happening is my account manager who's over in the UK, every day he would get up, he would review all the accounts and he writes me a report. And so I wake up and I would see that report and he would say like, basically if everything was going well on a client, they were not even mentioned in the report. If there was a client that he's keeping an eye on or something's going wrong, it's going to say, here's what's happening and here's what's up, what I'm going to do. So it might say, this client didn't perform yesterday. Here's what I saw. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to monitor it for now. But if, you know, these are my next actions or it's, hey, this one has taken a bad turn. And so I'm doing X, Y, Z. And a lot of times that involves, I've put together new ad copy or new whatever and I've assigned it to the team, they're working on it today. They're implementing because we have a service delivery team. So that is kind of how it's always gone. The problem that I was running into and what led to the change that we're making right now is that sometimes I would either, I would get into it first thing in the morning and then all the stuff I want to work on didn't happen because I got sucked into client work or I kept pushing off reviewing that report and getting into the client stuff until much later in the day. And so then I became a bottleneck for the team, especially if they needed me to look at something or talk to the client about something, figure something out. So what we're doing now, the way we're transitioning it is I'm spending a little bit of time every evening before I go to bed working on client stuff. And so basically get the kids in bed and everything like that. And then in the evening, when I sit down to say, these are the things that I'm going to do the next day, which is something that I always do or always try to do. I'm going to look at, I'm going to briefly run through my client accounts like very quickly, we'll go through my the report, go through the client accounts, see if there's anything that is standing out to me. And by going through my client accounts, I don't mean like going through every single one. It's I generally know there's about a half dozen clients that I'm keeping an eye on. There's a new project or they've been having problems. So I'm looking at those ones. And then if I see anything that needs to be done, I'm delegating that to the team. I'm putting it into our project management software before I go to bed. That way they can start working on it first thing in the morning because there's going to be a many hour stretch when the team starts working from like when I'm getting the kids ready for school and, and traveling, getting back, like getting, cause my oldest goes to school. And during that time I'm not working. So it allows them to work in those few hours. And so and then my account manager, instead of sending me the report in the morning, since I'm looking at it the night before, he's now sending me a report in the afternoon. 
And so what's happening now instead is generally from night to morning, not a whole lot is changing. If anything, we're implementing new ads. And so by me looking at night, I'm able to see a full day's results and then we get something working and then he can give me a status report in the middle of the day and make changes when there's still plenty of time for the team to implement changes if need be. But we're testing it for the next two weeks. But I think this is going to work better because it's going to allow me to not focus on them until the end of the evening, but also have us starting work and having new client ads running first thing in the morning instead of them starting midday. So, but that's kind of how that process is happening. A lot of my account review is me actually reading reports from my team. And then each week I'm picking a time and I'm basically going in and I look at every single account you know, even the ones that I don't normally need to worry about, I'm giving everybody a glance at least once or twice a week. Yeah. How many hours would you say you're spending like in client accounts per week? Do you track that? I don't, but very few. Yeah. I'm, it, it's, yeah. it's to the point now where I'm spending very few. Like if I'm spending too much, you know, this morning I found myself, I was in an account working on something, I was creating ads and I got to the end and I was writing a note to the team saying, Hey, I made, this change, this change, and this change. And then my next thought was, I did this wrong. I shouldn't have been doing that. I should have said to my team, I need y'all to do X, Y, and Z and let them do it and then reviewed it, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's one of those things. I always have to be very careful that I don't spend too much time doing something that I've, that is somebody else's job, right? Like I'm not supposed to be a technician in my business. I'm supposed to be the leader, the CEO. Right. Okay, this happens for me, so I'm curious if it happens for you too. When I feel like I've got a lot of stuff going on and I'm like, you know, if my, my to-do list has like 400 things on it, I am horrible at delegating and I want to do, I like my, my gut instinct is just go do things myself so I can get them done. Yeah. Like, does that happen to you also where it's like, um, don't the time. delegate? Yeah, okay. but I have to be really careful. You've got to be really careful about that because that's, that's like the worst thing you can do. Right. So, yeah. so I actually, I, when I look at everything, when I have that list, I go through it very carefully and I just ask myself, like, can someone else do this? Two questions, really. Can someone else do this or does this need to be done? And, and just, you have to be very honest with yourself. And, and it's not, can someone do this as quickly as me? Can somebody do this as well as I can? The answer to that is always no. Right. I can create ads faster than anybody else on my team. And, and my team is going to be editing this podcast and they're going to hear this and they're incredible. Like they're very, very good at what they do. It's just that I've been doing this for so long and I know it all instinctively and I have more of the big picture with the clients than they do. And so it is, it's easier for me. It's probably quicker for me to go in and make a change, but like that, I can't do that. I need that because yeah. then I can't do the things that only I can do. So when I have that list, I have to be very careful to go, okay, can this be delayed until another time or should it be delayed? Can this be given to somebody else? You know, can this, does this even need to be done? Right. And so yeah. I try to like destroy, you know, if I've got a list of a hundred things, I want 70 of them off my plate. Actually, yeah. I want 90 of them off my plate. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I try to get as many as I can off my plate. Yeah. Yeah. So did you, when I think when we first started working together, you still had pretty much, you, you brought on the account manager after we started working together, if I remember correctly. Right. Mm, maybe. Yeah. I think you did. Cause I, I think, I think that well, was something oh, that no, 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 I was transitioning. I was transitioning oh, okay. into the, I had one 
the first guy I hired. And then I brought on the, the ladies that are on the service delivery team. And then I, my first account manager transitioned to doing copywriting work for us. And then I brought in a new account manager. Okay. Okay. Uh, I guess where I was going to go with that question was like, you know, in our business, a lot of times, or most of the time, you're the person that kind of comes up with like the system that we need to use to, to automate whatever process or, you know, just optimize whatever process. And I know you've been into that for a while and I, cause I'm sure a lot of people are like, how in the world do you operate a, you know, a multi-client agency and do all the stuff that we do with laptop empires? Cause we do a lot. And, uh, and I think a lot of that is most likely systems that you've created. Mm-hmm. So how long did it take you one, where did you two-parter, where did you learn how to do that, uh, create those specific systems that you're using to have the team do things and how long did it take you to implement that in the business? So a long time, I would say I've been working on the systems for the agency since early 2017 and now it's early 2019, you know, it's February when we're recording this. And so 2017 was all about building the team and the systems and the, the agency, growing the client roster, the team, the capabilities, you know, so that I could be less involved. And then 2018 was pretty much about laptop empires, like growing what we're doing. And now like we're moving into this, this kind of new, whatever the new thing growth. Right. And so I've been working even now, some of the systems that we've had in place are changing. Like it's always changing. It's always evolving because the needs change, what you're doing changes, you know, Facebook changes, right? Like there's some changes that are coming down that are going to be mandated. Like they're going to be a complete changeover in September for Facebook ads that are the biggest impact any change in the last two years has had on what we do. Like we're going to have to change a lot of systems. So it's, you know, that can be frustrating, but like, it's, it's probably going to be a positive thing. And so it's, it's something we're constantly working on. When I first started hiring, I went out and found uh, my friend, Gary Griffiths, who was doing exactly what I wanted to do. He had the agency, he had the team, same niche, everything. And I approached him about teaching me. And so I brought him on and over 12 weeks, he helped me hire and lay the foundation. So help me hire my first people, get the, the initial systems in place. Then I kind of took it from there, right? And, and spent all 20, by the end of 2017, everything was in a really good place and it's kind of held, you know, through all of last year. And so he gave me the basic framework, helped me figure out who should be doing what. And then it was just one of those things that like I naturally took to. And so I feel like setting up those systems, those processes, all those kind of things and just organizing teams, I feel like that's a strength for me. And I didn't know that until I got started, but so now it's, it's evolved. There are very few things that don't have some sort of system or process or procedure inside of that agency business. That's interesting. So you've got the systems that are probably going to change in September because of the new changes, but where do you see, this is going to be a hard hitting question. Where do you see the agency fitting into how we do everything with laptop empires? Because we are already using like some of your team, actually we're using your team to do things for laptop empires. Like where, where do you see the agency in a year from now or two years from now as we kind of grow laptop empires? Like, are you trying to grow it? Are you trying to like maintain it? Like what's the, what's the goal? Like, how are you going to approach that? Do you know yet? <laughs> <I'm, yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have not. I have not actively tried to grow the agency since the since January of 2018. So, yeah. um, you know, it's one of those things. Like when I need when when I need to part ways with a client, I'll replace them. 
you know, I'll go get a new client, but I'm not like, I've not gone into an active growth phase. And, and there's things that like, I want us to accomplish before I would even look at that. Right. Right. So, and then, and then it's one of the, the nice thing about the agency is that I've worked with enough types of people that, you know, I could pivot and go a different way with it if we needed. And so it could be one of those things, you know, do I get to a point one day where, you know, right now it's more of like a high volume thing and it's very repeatable processes, but like I could go work with kind of higher ticket, fewer higher ticket clients if I wanted, or I could scale what we have going. But as of right now, it's in a good place. I'm not messing with it other than making it, doing some things to make it more efficient and, you know, taking it, you know, I, I want to take it to the next level where the people that are on my team can take on more responsibilities and kind of take that next step and grow because they're capable. Right. So that brings me to, I've got kind of two questions for you. What is, I'll start with the negative one first. <laughs> what is okay. the most stressful thing about owning an agency? Client work. <laughs> yeah. Managing clients is hard. Like it, one, it's probably not as much is not as stressful if you're not doing something else. So I'm, you know, I'm constantly in this juggle of like work on client stuff, work on our stuff. And that can be difficult, right? Because you, you know, I want my clients to get incredible results. I want to serve them at a high level. I want to continue providing a great service. There's also times where I'm working on projects for them and I'm like, I really want to be working on this thing for us. So right. that, that is the biggest thing is like, how do you deal with that? And there's, you know, one way to do that is to completely remove myself from the agency and have it 100% run without me. And, right. and if, if I took that step, which would require probably having a person that could basically be the, run the whole thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like somebody that could be the agency manager, if, if, if I went that way, then I could scale it pretty, like we could just scale it, right? It's hard yeah. to find that person, uh, you know, for one, like it's very <laughs> difficult because the people that can do that job are generally want to do their own thing. So that's difficult. But I mean, that is, that is the constant balance. And I mean, you've seen that, like uh, that probably yeah. answer probably doesn't surprise you, but it's just, I think with, with client, the reason clients can be difficult is too, is just like, it's just, you're managing personalities, right? And you're managing different work ethics and like everybody's different, you know? So I have clients that are super low maintenance and they do everything right. And we just crush it for them and they're perfect. Like they're great clients. And then there's clients that like need their handheld. And so the hardest thing with like an agency at first, when you don't have a lot of clients and you're just trying to get clients, you just kind of take whoever and you can manage it and it's no big deal. But when you start getting to that bigger scale, it starts to be, you have to be very selective and find the right people and people that are good fit that aren't disruptive because right. it's very easy to get, you know, I just parted ways with a client and that one client was giving me a lot of stress, was taking up most of my time, was taking up 10 times more time than any other client. And that's not an exaggeration, like literally was just taking hours of my time, you know, and like, you got to avoid the situation. So I think that's, it's oh, it comes down like when you're in the client business, when you're serving others, it can be very rewarding, but it, it's also tough yeah. because everybody wants to be your boss. Everybody thinks right. you're your boss. <laughs> yeah, no, that's yeah, that's definitely a tough thing. Uh, just even with the client work that I've done, 
I think for people that are listening, I want to point out that I don't, unless there's something that I don't know about, I don't think there's like a perfect business model out there. Um, Mm -mm. You know, every business I feel like has its own downsides and upsides. Cause I remember uh, when I wanted to start a swimming pool company, the main reason I did not do that, you can make great money in that industry, but the main reason I didn't do it is because it's incredibly hard to find people that will do the work because it's hard work. You know, it's, it's not as glorious as like some other trades out there. And so I could never, I could never wrap my brain around like, how can I make this better? Because like paying people more is, doesn't solve that problem. You know, a lot of people think just like throwing more money at, at people solves issues and it really doesn't, unfortunately. And there isn't like standardized training. So there's all these issues when I was thinking about like how, what kind of business do I want to start? And eventually I got to the point with the blog stuff where I just had to start something where I was like, I just need to start a business. I don't know if blogging is the perfect business model. I don't know if what is the perfect business model, but I think a lot of people get stuck probably in that, you know, like I want to do this, but there's going to be downsides or I want to have an agency or want to grow my business, but there's going to be downsides. And I think like the point I'm trying to make is that there are always going to be downsides to a business, but the upside is that you can scale, you know, and make more money and then things like that. So that transitions me to the next part. Before you do, let me touch on that because, you know, just like for me, one, doing this kind of work, the digital marketing work, this is like the reason we recommend this side hustle is because this kind of work allows you to make really great money really quickly, even if you don't have a lot of experience. It's fairly easy to do and or to learn, um, at least the kind that we teach in the course and low time commitment. So it's like really high paying, low time commitment. Like you can crush it with it. So it's a great place to start. I highly recommend it. When you get to where you have 10 clients or more, right? Because I had over, I had almost 15 clients before I started hiring people. And so when you get to where you're having a lot of clients and then you get to where you have an agency, then you have a lot of choices on like, how do you want to do it? And it's the same with a blog. Like you could choose between, do I want to focus on SEO or paid traffic? Do I want to focus on affiliate income or make core, you know, like, do you want to do high ticket stuff or low ticket info products? There's so many ways you can go. And with an agency, it's the same. Do I want to be a solopreneur? Do I want to have a team? If I hire a team, do I want to go after very big high ticket clients and hire people that are like very already know how to do this and are very specialized and that can completely take it over? Or do I want to hire people and teach them how to do it and have, you know, a model where you have different people performing different roles? And so I guess like the way to explain that is like, I could go and try and land these big 10K a month or higher clients and then go hire two or three people that do everything that I do and pay them, you know, like a ton to like manage those clients completely. Or you can go with like the model I do. I like working with some of these smaller businesses. And so I have people that do different things. So I have people that create the Facebook ad and I have people that create copy and I, you know, people create funnels and sometimes there's overlap there. And then I still have the strategy, you know, and that's one of those things too. Like I could completely remove myself or I could stay partially in it right now. I like being in it, you know? And so there's all of these different paths that you can go and everybody does it different and there's no right answer. It comes down to like, what do you want? And then it's even the type of client. Like I could go, I've, you know, just two examples I've worked with local businesses or like the coaches and consultants, you know, the bloggers like that, even bloggers, like I could go 
really hard with like the coaches and consultant types that have the really high ticket offers where I could go with the bloggers that have, you know, they're trying to sell courses and affiliate income or I could do the local and I've done a little bit of all of them. There are pros and cons to each of them, right? Like there's a lot, there's a lot of good things about each one and there's, but it's a give and take. So it just comes down to like, what do you want for me right now? The local stuff makes the most sense for where my, like what I'm doing. Right. And I still work with bloggers and still work with coaches, but I've been very particular about those two groups. But if I wanted to go hard into those groups, I would have to change things. And when I look at the pros and cons, that's not something I wanted to go down that road right now, maybe in the future, but that's not what I want to do right now. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. So, you know, we talked about like the, the negatives you know, of business, but what, is, what has been the, you know, and I, I already kind of, pre, I know the answer to this one because we've talked about it, but what have you enjoyed about running the kind of business that you run? I love having a team and I love working with the team. So that has been very fun for me. I also love the strategy piece. I love working with people and helping them figure out how to grow their business. Right. I mean, that, that is one of those, I love coming in and somebody says, I want to get here and here's what I have. And then showing them the path. And that's a lot of, you know, I do that a lot. So I think like those pieces I love, I don't necessarily love Facebook ads, right? Like I don't wake up and go, yay, Facebook ads, but, but Facebook ads is the tool that drives the systems and strategies that I use. And so, so for me with the agency, I love having the team and working with people. I love it. even though it can stress me out sometimes, I love having a lot of different things going on because I'm a little ADD and I feel like having multiple projects in the air at once, even though it can be stressful at times, it actually helps me more often than not because if I'm not really in on something, I can focus on something else. Like I can kind of go with my mood a little bit. So there's a lot of pros. And then, I mean, it's, it's good money. And like, if you're getting into an (laughs) online business, like, I feel like that's a big one that like people don't want to talk about, but like, digital marketing and having an agency, even as a solo, it's just, it's really good money. And at the end of the day, you're doing this to create a life you want, you know, right? like you want to enjoy your work, but like there's always bad things too. And so this is work that I enjoy more than the work that I went to school to do and it pays way better. And so that's a double whammy. Like, you know, if I'm sitting here and going like, Hmm, do I want to go do legal work at a corporate firm? or, and get paid this much, like, or do I want to do the work that I do and get paid this much? The work I'm doing is more fun than the legal work and it pays better too. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's enough. Right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And it's funny. I think people don't realize how much money there actually is in digital marketing. You know, and I didn't either when I was a teacher and I was, you know, I was making my salary and then I, I sold like the first client and they paid me $3,000 a month to start doing stuff like for their blog and, and local SEO, I was like, I, could, I couldn't believe it. I was like, somebody's going to pay me like almost what I made as a teacher to do this work. But then I realized like how, how valuable it is for people. My, I guess my next question is, you know, we have a lot of people that have taken our course um, or people that are just listening to this that are freelancers, digital marketers, and they want to start scaling. And they're like, you know what? I've got a certain amount of clients or I've got, you know, a certain amount of work. How do I get to that next level in my business? What is your advice for those kind of people that are like at maybe the brink of like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm slammed. I can't do anything else on my own. I want to start growing. Like what, what are the first steps for them? Okay. So there's a couple of things. I'm going to say there's three things. The first is 
do you have a way of getting new clients that's reliable, right? So if you said today, I need two more clients, could you do that, right? And, you know, I mentioned Gary earlier and he, he's always said to me, cause I'm not running paid traffic to get clients. Like I don't have a funnel for getting clients. He's always like, yeah, you know, you don't have a real business until you have a funnel and you have clients on demand. And I agree with that. And he's right to a big extent, but anytime I've needed clients, I've been able to get them because I, because of my network or like the referral relationships that I've set up, like anytime I've needed a client. Not too long ago, I wanted a couple of clients. And so I reached out to a person and said, hey, I've got, I need some clients. I've got a special offer for your community if they want to take advantage of it. And we did a single post and I brought on like five clients, you know? And so you need to have a way to get clients because you cannot scale if you don't have clients, right? So that's the first thing is you need to figure that out. Number two is that if you're going to scale, you need to get clear on the service you provide. A productized service is more effective for scaling than a custom service. It needs to be packaged. When they buy, they get this. This is the result you're delivering and this is how you're doing it. And so you need to figure that out. And part of that is you probably need a niche at that point. Like you need to know who you're serving. You know, it needs to be not just taking anyone you can get. It needs to be a specific type of person that you're helping. That way you can do the same things over and over and be more efficient with your time and really start to stack clients. And then the next thing is you need to cut out all the bullshit. Like if you feel like you have too much to do, you know, and it's funny because I say this because you will always get to this point. I'm in this point right now. Like we've been talking about this. Like <laughs> we've got so much shit going on and we're just like, what do we focus on? And we need to get focused so that we can move forward. And because what happens is you get focused, you make a lot of progress, other things sneak in and you got to get focused again. That way you can make progress. And it's just this never ending cycle. But like if you're wanting to scale and you have an agency and you're like, I've got so much shit to do. I don't even know how I could do more. Well, you need to look at what you're doing and figure out what are those things that aren't bringing money or aren't helping you and get really clear on that, eliminate those things and focus on the right stuff. And so, I mean, those are the three big things that you've got to do. And so just to repeat that, it's make sure that you can get, get more clients to scale, right? You need to make sure that you know the service you're providing and really streamline it, productize it and, you know, have a niche. And then you need to just get rid of the fluff. And so those, that, that's, that's what you got to do. Yeah. No, and I think that's interesting. I do want to say, I, meant, I forgot to say this, as part of getting rid of the fluff, the minute you can, you need to get some sort of assistant, right? Like a virtual assistant mm. or somebody that can work with you that you can offload certain tasks to. There are a lot of repeatable tasks that you do, and maybe they're not things that you can eliminate, but they're things you can delegate. And the quicker you can get to a point of delegating, the faster you're going to grow. So I think like that, when I talk about eliminating stuff, what I should really be saying, it's not just getting rid of the things you shouldn't be doing. The bulk of that is delegating the things that somebody else can help you with. Yeah, no, that, that totally makes sense. Because I think you know, even early for me, I was doing a lot of different services for mm-hmm. a few clients and there was no way I was going to ever be able to scale that. Uh, and I kind of ran into a point where I was like, okay, am I going to try to scale an agency or am I going to scale millennial money, man? I I went the millennial money, man route. But I think that is something a lot of people when they're like, I want to make more money. And and we've even done this with laptop empires. Like I want to make more money. So then you start creating like new products and services instead of just going, Mm -hmm. I'm going to focus on these couple things that I do really well and scale vertically that way. I think a lot of people try to scale horizontally at first and they go, Oh crap, that was a bad idea. So I think that's all great advice. I guess the next question I have is really more about the way that you've managed clients. We kind of talked about client work and all that stuff earlier. 
but you've implemented some things I think in your business that are really interesting where like you tell your clients, they can't talk to you on certain days. Since we've worked together, I've seen you kind of take, and you probably did it before we worked together, but you've taken this position of your clients almost work for you. And I, that, that's a really hard thing to do. Like I would, I would even struggle with that at this point with my marketing work. So like, mm-hmm. how do you, how did you get to that point where you were just like, I'm going to start telling my clients what to do and not be told what to do anymore. I didn't need, you know, like, yeah. like I, I, we, you know, we, I think we talked about this a little bit this morning. Like I'm very assertive and very much like, here's how it's going to be. And not, you know, not always like trying to be nice about it. I'm just like, we're doing it this way. We're not doing it. And I didn't used to be that way. And that's not like my default personality. I'm more of like, nice, like, Oh, what do you want to do? Like, that's kind of more, but I just got to the point where I was like, I don't have time for this. This is, this is how we're going to get results. I don't, the, the analogy I heard recently is like, if you go to the doctor and you've got a problem and you need to have surgery, the doctor doesn't say like, you don't go to the doctor and then be like, here's how I think you should get rid of this, you know, malignant tumor. That's right. not what happens. The doctor says, you have this tumor, here's what we're going to do. And when somebody comes to you with marketing, they're coming to you to solve a problem they have. And, but what happens is people let their clients come in and say, hey, I have this problem. I want to get this result. I want to hire you how to do it because you know how to do it and you do this for a living. And then, oh, I want you to do X, Y, and Z to get there. And I used to let people do that. And now they come in and I'm like, okay, cool. I can get you this result. Here's how we're going to do it. And so, and so even with the timing stuff, like I've just kind of gotten to the point now where I treat it, where it's like, if you want to work with me, this is how it's going to go down. Like if you want to work with me and you want to get this result, I'm going to be able to get that result for you. If I'm not able to get that result for you, then you're going to fire me, but we're going to do it in this way because I know what works and you came to me to solve this problem. You couldn't solve yourself. And then just like the, uh, with, when it comes to like the scheduling and stuff, I just, I try very hard to look at my life and like how I want to do, because like clients can overwhelm you if you don't set boundaries and you need to set boundaries. And so I've just set things where I'm like, you're not going to overwhelm me on Monday. If you message me on Monday, I'm not available. I'm like, you know, and that started, my kids were home on Monday and I couldn't handle it, but I've kept that where it's just like, I'm not working on Mondays. I'm working. I'm looking at your campaigns. I'm here, but I'm planning my week and I'm getting shit done. Right. I'm not responding to your thoughts from over the weekend. That can wait till Tuesday. Okay. And what happens is by setting that boundary, that behavior totally went away. Right. Totally went away. And then the email thing, it's so easy to get locked into messenger conversations. Like even you and I do that, right? It's easy yeah. to get in there and be responding notifications. It's much easier to ignore email. And so I was just like, look, I've got so many people messaging me from our communities and just random people. I had three people message me this morning uh, that wanted to pick my brain. You know, if you're one of our listeners, you probably wouldn't do this. But like, if you ever ask me if I've got 20 minutes to hop on a call to pick my brain, I'm going to ignore you. <laughs> like, I just, I used to do that all the time, but I, I can't, I can't do it. And I just like, you know, like you got to understand, you got to value people's time, you know? So if I ever want to pick somebody's brain, you know, I go up to them and say, Hey, can I pay you for a consultation? Hop on the phone, help me with this problem. Yep. That's, that's the way to go about it. Value people's time. But so I just got to where I was like, look, if you've got something, email me, put everything in there. I will get to you that same day and take care of it. 
Uh, but that's where we're going to communicate because with messenger, it's too easy to just throw out a random thought or start a conversation, discuss ideas like you and I do. It was like, Hey, I thought about this. And then it like turns into an hour and clients <laughs> that too. Whereas with email, they're not going to just send a random thought. And if they're going to send something, they're going to think it out and they're going to write everything in one post and it cuts down our time. So like I, I've got the kids at home. I've got the agency, like I've got all the clients. Like it's just about creating time, creating boundaries. And I do, sometimes I do better than that than other times. So, you know, I talked about the client that we, I parted ways with. He would not conform to my rules. He would not stay out of my messenger. And so at one point I said, look, I'm not doing messenger anymore. Email me. And at one point he kept sending me messages and I did not, I did not respond to his messages for like three days. Cause I told him I was not going to respond to his messages. I instead, I sent him an email. I was like, this is where we're communicating. And, and, and there's a reason for that too. Client messages get lost in messenger for me yeah. because I have so many people that message me that it gets lost and I might click on it on accident. And then I don't see, I have any unreads. And then I go to talk to them about something a week later you're looking in messenger and go, Oh, I missed their message. So like it's for their benefit too, but like you've got to design, especially with an agency, with a team and a whole bunch of clients, you have to set, this is any business. You have to set your boundaries. How do you want to work? How do you want to work with people? Right yeah. now, the thing with this is when you do that, you might lose people. Your conditions might not be acceptable for the client. They might want more. And when that happens, that means you're not a good fit and you shouldn't work together. And that's okay. Most of the time though, people will understand. Every, when I've implemented these things, I've, I never lost any of the people that were already working with me when I made those changes. They were like, awesome, good for you. The people that I've lost because of these changes were people that I brought in later that couldn't conform to them from the start. Right. No, that totally makes sense. I have a, I have a random question for you that has, it's like kind of related to this, but not really at all. <laughs> I've, never, I've just never asked you and I've, and I thought about it. Are you, so like you're, you know, we're talking about the business, we're talking about entrepreneurship and owning multiple businesses and all that. And, and your experience growing an agency, are you going to push your kids to, to entrepreneurship? Oh, I don't know. You don't know yet. I don't know. Like, I feel like I don't have kids yet. So I feel like I'm going to try to get them to like take what I've done and like run with it and make like a billion dollar empire so I can retire. Well, I'm, you know, like I kind of, I kind of want my kids to do whatever makes them happy as long as that, isn't going to Texas university. Mm, yeah. No, I'm no. not, I'm not really concerned about my future kids happiness quite yet, but I guess I will. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I think, I don't know. I don't know. I think you've got to like, it, nobody like, I, I don't know the answer to that, man. I, I think, Sorry. I think what I would, I think what I would do is I think I would encourage entrepreneurial behavior, you know, <laughs> Like for my kids, like we're, we're going to do some lemonade stands, you know, yes. we'll make them earn some money. Like I'm going to teach them, you know, I, my, you know, grandpa used to take me garage sailing and he would give him, he would pay for it, but he would only pay for it. If I negotiated, he would not buy I couldn't buy anything at ticket price. I had to negotiate it down from a dollar to 50 cents, you know, or whatever, you know, like that kind of stuff I'm going to do. But I think there's more upside, but then again, who knows how things will change. This is a really great period for entrepreneurship and making money online. Maybe that is not the case down the road, you know? And so, so I don't know that, but at the same time, like right now, I don't necessarily know that the college education that call, that, that is worth it. Like yeah. 
for my kids, I'm in a financial place where I can pay for my kids to go to college right now, like not have to take out loans the way I did. If that continues, I'm able to do it. You know, I might tell my kids like going to A&M was one of the best things ever happened to me in my life. I will pay for you to go to college just so you can have that experience, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, but I would, I would definitely encourage my kids to go to college and start a side business while they're in college because yeah. I kicking myself for not doing that earlier. One of my, one of my roommates in college has an online business and it's like, damn, if we would have figured this out when we were in college, we'd be yeah. made like right now, you know? Right. So, but I don't know, man, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to force that on them. Well, it sounds like you are going to force them, but you're not, you, you don't want to outwardly, outwardly say that you are. <laughs> no, I, I, think, I think I'm going to like, I think I will teach them and show them the opportunity, but I'm like, if it's not for them, it's not for them. I am wired for this. Yeah. Not everyone's wired for this. That's a good point. I, I yeah, it's, I hope my children it's, are. It's the same thing that we always, we said in like episode one, everyone should start an online business. Everyone should have a side hustle but not everyone should be an entrepreneur. And what we mean by that is everyone should give it a shot to see if it's a good fit for them because the upside is so high. But if it's not a fit for you, if you don't have the personality, it doesn't make sense, then you shouldn't be doing it because there are people that shouldn't be entrepreneurs that are, and they're just not very good. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm hoping my kids are either like uh, left-handed baseball players, pitchers, uh, and get massive contracts or, or entrepreneurs. So anyway, I, I ran out of questions about your agency. So I wanted to ask that one because I realized I've never asked you that question and we were in question. Oh, cool. Well, let me just, just like wrap it then. I think, you know, just talking about like some of the things that you have to do, if it's an agency, you have to manage the team, you have to figure out communication, you've got to build systems and processes and everything. Like you need, when you have that kind of thing and you're serving clients, you're doing things over and over in any kind of business, you need to have a way that you get from point A to point B that's the same every time so that it's efficient and that it happens and other people can do it too. And then, but when it comes to doing the client work, we teach all about it in Facebook side hustle, but like how to do it. But I think one of the most important things is you need to be doing work every day. You need to be keeping tabs on everybody every day. You need to get people in ROI, <laughs> but like communication so big. Right. If you're just always trying to do right by your client and you're keeping in communication with them, like you're going to do well. And so like a lot like now, it used to be where every single day I was looking at ad campaigns. If something wasn't working, I was making new ads and I did that every single day. Now my team really does that. But what I'm still doing is communicating what's happening to the clients, managing their expectations, managing their wants and needs, and then working with the team to help them do their job. Like that's, and, and I do better at all of those things at times and not as good at those things at times. Like there are times when I'm probably not there for my team as much as I should be. And there's times where I probably am too involved and, right. you know, but probably more so now, like there's probably times where I, I need to be there more than I am. And so like, that's a constant balance. I'm always working. Same with client communication, same with like how quickly we move on projects. Sometimes we move really fast. Sometimes we don't move fast enough. You know, it's just a, it's an everyday thing. So yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, everybody, thank you for listening. Uh, next episode, we'll be having Chris on talk about, you know, day in the life of a professional copywriter, how that works, what that looks like. So you can kind of get a behind the scenes look at one of our other favorite ways to make money online. If you're interested in learning about digital marketing and making money online, please check out the Facebook side hustle course. 
you can just go check that page and there's all the info will answer all of your questions, everything you need to know. I think it's a really great thing. I mean, I, it's something I love doing and I love helping other people do it and get into it. So definitely check it out and uh, keep in mind, like all the stuff that we talked about today, this is the future, right? It's not, this is not some of the things we talked about that you have to deal with. You're not going to have to deal with right away when it's just you and a client or you and two or three clients, life is so much easier. And so it's, it's more upside <laughs> than downside. So thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or on Spotify now. So pretty excited about Spotify, especially after them acquiring Anchor you know, yeah. this week. So that's pretty cool. They're about to get really heavy in podcasting. So go subscribe to us on Spotify and we'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Laptop Empires podcast with Mike Yonda and Bobby Hoyt. For more information and the resources mentioned in this episode, go to laptopempires.com forward slash podcast. We out.